You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Our theme for this year is more than conquerors. I preached a message, it's not the same message I'm preaching this morning, but I preached a message in April uh, from this passage where it says, in all these things. You know, sometimes we think if we could just get rid of all the problems, get rid of all the burdens, then life would be wonderful. Well, the truth is you're not going to get rid of all the problems. You're not going to get rid of all the burdens. That's a part and a fact of life. But this, this morning, I'd like to draw your attention to that phrase, more than conquerors. That's our theme for the year and all of the, uh, the, the calendars and everything that we're putting out this year has that theme that Miss Grace designed and, uh, and got it all set. It's just a beautiful, beautiful design. But I want you this year, I want you to let this thought and this truth sink in. I don't know what you need to conquer. I don't, I don't know what it is in your life. I'm sure there are many things. I'm sure there are multiple things in your life as there are in mine. But maybe there are some things that you need to conquer this year. Maybe you need to conquer your past. Maybe there's some things in your past that keep coming up and keep beating you up. Maybe there's some things in your life, maybe like anger, that you need to conquer. Maybe there's some bitterness in your life that needs to be conquered. Maybe it's gossip. Uh, maybe you just, you, you just can't help yourself. Um, you just, you just seems like every time you're, you're opening your mouth, it seems like you're, you're finding yourself going towards something negative and talking about somebody else and not helping things, but hurting things. Maybe it's lying and maybe you need to get victory over lying and you start telling the truth. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe you need character and discipline. You need to conquer that laziness in your life. Maybe it's finances. Uh, maybe it's time to start paying your bills and paying your bills on time. And maybe it's time to uh, make a, get a budget and start tithing and, and putting your priorities right when it comes to your finances. Maybe it's your health that you need to conquer. Maybe it's your walk with God that you keep talking about and your prayer life that you keep talking about and you keep putting off. But maybe this is the year and this is the week and this is the day to say, I'm going to conquer this with God's help. Maybe there's some entertainment in your life that needs to be conquered. Maybe it's worldly, maybe it's ungodly entertainment, or maybe it's not even bad, but it's excessive, and you have no time for the things of God, and you have no time for your family, and you're not getting your work done, and you're not fulfilling responsibilities because you're just so busy having fun and games and play. Maybe you need to conquer your schedule, and get your, your, your time managed properly, Maybe it's education. Maybe there's some classes that you need to take or some, uh, some, some education you need to get, and this is the year for you. Maybe it's your marriage, and I'm not saying you need to conquer your spouse, but I'm saying maybe you need to get the victory in your marriage. Uh, maybe instead of worrying about uh, conquering your spouse, maybe you just need to be sure that you're the spouse that God wants you to be and let God take care of your spouse. Maybe it's relationships. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe there are drugs in your life or alcohol or pornography. Maybe it's gambling. I don't know what it is in your life, but I'll tell you this. We all have some things that we must conquer. And if you don't conquer those things, those things will conquer you. I promise you every time. The word conquer, it means to vanquish beyond. It means to gain a decisive victory. 
It means to overcome or subdue in battle. And I'd like to preach to us this morning on our theme. I'll preach some throughout the year on this subject. But this morning, I want to challenge us to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you'd help us. I pray you'd speak to us and give us what we need from the Word of God this morning. I thank you for those who are here. I thank you for those who are watching the service. I thank you for those who are listening. I thank you for those who, uh, Lord, have been faithful to pray for this service. I thank you for those who have been anticipating the Lord's Day. And I thank you for those who have kept you first, even uh, through a very difficult year, and even through holidays, and even through sickness, and even through uh, difficult circumstances. I thank you for those who have put you first. And help us all, Lord, to uh, put you in the place where you deserve to be. May you have the preeminence in our lives each and every single day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How to be more than conquerors, I want you to see number one. It's found in verse number 37. The first word of this verse is the word nay. N-A-Y. That word is an old English word, but it's very simple. It just means no. And Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome, and he said, you know, folks, I just, I need to tell you, I need to make sure you're aware of this, but there are some things in life that you have got to say no to. You can't let the devil push you around. You can't let that old flesh get the victory every time. Sooner or later, you're going to have to stand your ground and you're going to have to say with God's help, no, not happening. It's not going to work this way again. I am making a decision. This is our answer. This is uh, our, our, our answer for those things that need to be conquered. It's time to say no to the anger. It's time to say no to the bitterness and the gossip and the lying and the laziness. And it's time to say no to the worldly entertainment. It's time to say no to the addictions. It's time to say no. And it's time to put our foot down and say, my answer is no. I wonder what was your answer in 2020? I wonder why are these things still prevalent? Why are these still at work in our lives? Is it maybe because we didn't say no? Maybe we tried to straddle the fence. Maybe we tried to uh, get the best of both worlds, but it's time for the child of God to say no to some things. Say no to the world. Say no to the flesh. Say no to the old devil. What is your answer when the de devil comes and attacks? What's your answer when the devil comes to tempt you? What is your answer to the sins which doth so easily beset us, we as God's people must say no. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. When you got the wrong crowd coming and they're talking to you at work or maybe they're calling you on the phone or they're sending you a text message or they're messaging you on Facebook and saying, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's get together and do this. If it's something that does not please God, I got one word for you. No, my answer is no. What about your answer to God? I hope your answer to God is yes. I hope when it comes to the things of God and pleasing God and serving God, I hope that your answer is yes. When the Holy Spirit speaks and when God is at work, I hope that you will have the right answer. We must be uh, more than conquerors and we can only be more than conquerors when we have the right answer, number one. Number two, I want you to notice the adversities. The Bible says, nay, in all these things, adversities. 
You see, to be a conqueror, it means you must first face adversity, right? You, you, there's going to be, and I don't know who it's going to be, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Fields, if you're watching this morning at home, you and your wife, you always watch. But if you're watching, uh, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, Alabama a week from Monday for, for your sake. And Brother Lewis, we're glad you joined us in the service too. Thank you. But I don't know who's going to win, but I'll tell you this. They're not going to give the trophy to Alabama until they first play and win the championship. There's got to be adversity. There's got to be an opponent in order to be the victor, in order to be the conqueror. But can I tell you, our enemy is the devil. He is our adversary who is seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to conquer you. See, while you're fighting against the devil, he's not sitting on the sidelines. He's not taking a break. He's not taking a time out. He is uh, launching every fiery dart that he has because he desires to destroy you and to sift you like we. You know, it's not really much fun to win a game against a terrible opponent. Now, now, now follow me here. I understand you say, well, at least you won. And I agree. I agree. But did you know it's a whole lot more fun when you have an opponent that actually puts up a fight? I've told you, I know I've told you this story before. I won't bore you with all the details. But I remember when I was in uh, junior high, I think it was junior high, maybe it was sixth, fifth, sixth grade, but it was a, a basketball. It wasn't high school, I know that. But we went to play against an opponent. Uh, we, we were in Rockford. And we went to a little town called Grand Detour, Illinois. It's uh, between um, Rockford and uh, the Quad Cities. And Grand Detour was where uh, John Deere actually got his business started before he moved to Moline, Illinois. It's just a tiny little dot on the map. And we went to a Christian school in Grand Detour, uh, Illinois, and uh, we played against this school in basketball. Now, this particular year, we had a pretty good team. But we started that game, and we just, I mean, we just smoked them. I mean, we just blew them out. At the end of the first quarter, I think the score was like 16 to 0. And that may not sound like a lot to you, but for like junior high or elementary, that's actually a lot of points in one quarter, and especially when the other team's got zero. And we knew what was going to happen. We knew exactly what was going to happen. The end of the quarter, the coach called the starters over, and he said, all right, guys, you sit on the bench, take a break. We're going to let the other guys play. And we're like, we don't want to let the other guys play. We want to play. He said, no, no, it's your, you're, you're beating him so badly. We need to let the other guys play and whatever. So we're sitting over on the bench and we're watching our, our substitutes, our second string play against the other team's first string. And have you ever seen a game, you ever been watching a game where nothing was going right? I mean, it seemed like people couldn't dribble it. It seemed like people couldn't make a shot. It seemed like every pass was an errant pass and it just seemed like it was a disaster. Well, that's the way I remember that game. It was so boring. It was so uneventful that we are sitting on the sidelines drinking Gatorade, which that was always a treat, you know, if you ever had Gatorade and not just, you know, your, your water bottles. And um, that was before COVID when everybody shared water bottles too. But um, that was before a lot of things. But I remember we were, we were sitting on the sidelines and I remember the game was so boring that we started watching and we saw there were some little bugs. In, in the Midwest, we called them box elder bugs. I don't know if you even have them down here, but they started just crawling across the court. And honestly, it was more exciting to us to watch the bugs cross the court without getting stepped on 
than it was to watch the game that was going on on the court. I mean, that's how bad the game was. Can I tell you, at the end of that uh, second quarter, I think the score was like, you know, 16 to four or something. So guess what happened third quarter? We stayed on the bench. It was miserable. I remember another game. I was in high school at this time. And um, this was back before Facebook and social media. So I don't know, just word got out. But there was an opponent we were playing across town in Rockford. And they had a, 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 a basketball player on their team who was a foreign exchange student. He had come to the United States from Croatia. I don't know how in the world this guy was still in high school. I would love to have seen the records on this guy. But he was, and they told us, and I saw him, and I stood next to him, and I believe it. He was seven foot two. Seven feet tall, two inches. And you know how you, you see somebody like that and you think it's going to be just some long, lanky, skinny guy? Oh, no. This guy was every bit of 300 pounds. He was a tank. He was a beast. And he was taller. I think the tallest guy on our team was 6'4", I think. And most of us were about six foot. And I remember walking into that gym thinking, oh, no. <laughs> this is not going to be pretty. To give you an idea of how good this guy was, and you think, oh, he was clumsy. Oh, no, he wasn't clumsy. He was good. He, I remember one particular play. I remember they passed it to him, and he was out on the baseline, and he was out in the corner. And we thought, oh, he can't shoot from out there. Well, he didn't have to shoot from out there. He took one dribble, he took two steps, and he slam-dunked it on the baseline. He slam-dunked it on us effortlessly. And we're thinking, ooh, this is not going to be pretty. I remember the coach took called a timeout, got us in the huddle. And he said, guys, listen. He said, it's only one guy. He said, here's what we're going to do. And he set up our defense, and we were trapping him at half court. And we were keeping the guards from even getting it down to him. And miraculously, you know the story of David and Goliath in the Bible? Well, I saw that happen on the basketball court. We won that game. And I'm telling you, it was a close game. It was an intense game. We had a very difficult opponent, but we won. And can I tell you, in order to be a conqueror, it means you have to fight. It means you have to engage in battle. And we have, I will tell you this, we've got a tough opponent. As a matter of fact, he's so tough, he's tougher than you. And he is tougher than me. And the, the devil's got a whole lot more power than you or I will ever dream of having on our own. But we have adversities. We have an adversary. I want you to notice, thirdly, there are appointments. You see, it says in all these things. But as you read verse number 35, there are some things that are not battles and they're not enemies, but they're circumstances. These appointments may be the circumstances in our life. And sometimes as Christians, we do really well against the big enemies. We do really well against the enemies like, for instance, David and Goliath. He did really well against Goliath. But he didn't do so well in other areas of life because sometimes we focus on the big stuff and we let the little stuff go. I mean, let, me, let me explain what I mean. Did you know anybody can get excited about a big day? Our, our church, we have seen some incredible days. I'm looking forward to some great days this year. And I don't know what we'll do for Easter. We might have to get a tent out there. We might have to have a drive-in and tent and in the building. I don't know. We'll have a great, it be great. But anybody can get excited about the big days. Anybody can get excited about the birthdays. 
Anybody get excited about Christmas and an anniversary? And anybody get excited about a, a graduation or a, a, a wedding day? But, you know, sometimes it's the average, the ordinary days that maybe kind of drag on. Maybe they seem a little boring. And you get up and read your Bible and you pray and go to work. And you come home and spend time with your family and you go to bed and get up the next morning and you read your Bible and you pray and you go to work. And did, I, did I mention coffee in there and that schedule at all? I left that out, but that needs to go in there. I saw, I have a friend of mine, I won't tell you who it is, maybe, maybe you saw it, but I have a friend of mine, not at this church, but he had the audacity, he said, this year, he said, I'm giving up coffee. And I thought, that poor guy, I'm going to pray for him. He's going to need some extra prayers. But anyway, uh, but you go through the routine. And you know, sometimes in the routine, sometimes we don't handle the routine that well. We get lazy, we get comfortable, we, be, we become complacent, and we are not faithful in the little things. But God has called us, yes, for the big things, but God has also called us to be faithful every day, in every circumstance, in every trial, whether it's exciting or boring, we must be faithful in all these things. Number four, I see the assurance it says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. You know, it doesn't say we might be. It doesn't say we, we, we could be and, and, and it's possible and maybe so. And It's not a question like, will we be? It's confidence. It is assurance that we are more than conquerors. Now, how can we say this? How can we say with confidence we are? more than conquerors. How can we know this? How can we be so confident? The reason is that the battle has already been won. Jesus already conquered death. Nobody else has ever done that. Nobody else ever will do that. Jesus Christ, he conquered death. And because he conquered death and he conquered hell and he conquered the grave, because he did that, he can say, because I live, you live also. And because he has victory, we can have victory and we can have the assurance. He's already promised it. God always keeps his promises. God never lies. And so you can know with certainty that we are more than conquerors. Notice number five, I see the advantage. The advantage says in all these things we are conquerors. There's two words in there that I skipped over. It's the words more than. Not only are we conquerors, but we are more than. We have an advantage. We have an advantage, folks, because I don't know if, I don't know if this will help you or not, but this is going to really help me and you're going to hear these verses a lot this year with our theme. And maybe our theme should have been, uh, we're going to conquer COVID in 2021. Or maybe it should have been, we're going to conquer whatever else. But I'll tell you what, we have the assurance and we have the advantage because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we have victory in Jesus and we are uh, able to triumph through him. And where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You see, we've got victory and it's not even close. I know I said that in order to, to really enjoy the victory and all that, you need a, a strong opponent. And I understand that Satan is more than we can handle. But Satan is no match for God. 
Let me just tell you, let me just give you a little snippet here. You can maybe read this later. But Revelation 19, I went back this morning and I read it. I, I had it in my notes, but I thought I need to make sure I read this. And I want to make sure it's fresh in my mind. But in Revelation 19, it describes the scene at the Battle of Armageddon that, that, that will happen, okay? After the rapture, there will be seven years of tribulation on this earth. At the end of those seven years tribulation, all the armies of the world will be gathered together to fight against each other in battle. But at that time, Jesus comes back from heaven. He's coming back on his white horse and will come back to rule and reign with him. And the Bible says that when they see Jesus, when they see him coming back from heaven, they, they turn their focus, they turn their attention on him, and they decide to stop fighting each other. And they say, that's our real enemy. And by the way, Jesus has always been the real enemy of Satan. You see, you're not the enemy. I'm not the enemy. The world hates us because it hated Jesus. The world hates you because the world crucified Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, all of the armies of the world are gathered together in battle. We're talking about tanks. We're talking about fighter jets, we're talking about helicopters, we're talking about missiles, we're talking about nukes, we're talking about biological warfare, we're talking about all the technology that they have, that they will have at that time, and all of the armies of the world against Jesus. And you want to know how close that battle is? Not at all, because all Jesus has to do is open his mouth. When he opens his mouth and he speaks, he defeats all of the armies of the world and he takes the beast and he takes the false prophet and he tosses them into the pit. And can I tell you, there is victory in Jesus and we have a definite advantage because he is stronger than any battle, any foe, any enemy you will ever fight. Jesus Christ is greater. I'm thankful for the advantage. We are more than conquerors, but I want you to notice number six, the ability. The ability says we are more than conquerors through Him. Our strength is not in ourselves. Our strength is not in our experience. Our strength is not in our technique. Our strength is not in the, the great successes of Victory Baptist Church throughout the years. Are you kidding me? Our strength is only in one person, and that is Jesus Christ. Our ability is through Him. Our ability is in Jesus. That's why we must get in this book every day, because this is our strength. That's why we must get on our knees every day, and that's why every day we must be yielded to the Spirit. Every day we must trust God, because He is our source of strength. We're more than conquerors through Him. I like what it says, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ. I like 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 57. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, that theme right there, more than conquerors, you can toss it out the window if you're planning to do it yourself this year. You think you can do that without prayer? Not a chance. You think you can do that without the Bible, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? There's no way. But through Him, we are more 
than conquerors. And then I want you to notice those last three words. I see the affection through him that loved us. You see, Jesus didn't just help us and then leave us on our own. Jesus didn't just send us the power we need and say, hey, you got it, here it is, all you need's right here. But Jesus helped us, and he didn't leave us, but he loved us. He helped us, and then he said, I'm going to stick with you. He helped us and said, I'll be with you to the end of the world. Jesus helped us, and he still loves us, and he cares about us, and he cares what you're going through. Have you ever had somebody, and, 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 and you're thankful for them, but maybe a family member or a friend, and they said, hey, I want to help you with this, and they helped you, and it was wonderful, and you're thankful for it, but after they helped you, they're like, okay, well, see you later. And by the way, that's probably what all of us do at some point, because you can't be with somebody all the time. You can't, as much as you love your kids, you can't be with them 24-7. As much as you love your spouse, you can't be with them 24-7. There comes a point where you're going to have to say, I've got to leave. I've got to go. I've got to take care of other things. But Jesus said, I'm going to help you, and I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to love you till the end of the world. Hallelujah for that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Galatians 2.20 says that Jesus loved us and he gave himself for us. I don't know why he loves me, but I'm so glad he does. And I got good news for you. He loves you too. And he knows what you're going through. And he knows what your mountains are. And he knows what your battles are. And he knows what your circumstances are this year. He wants to help you, and He will help you if you let Him. He wants to help you be more than a conqueror. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.